Hello, everybody. This is Jared Van Vorst. And my name is Nathan McWhorter. And I'm Daniel Fagbui, and welcome to Table Talk Thursdays, where we field all your burning questions, and we'd love to hear from you. And we'll be doing this every single week. So please send in your questions to my email, which is daniel.fagbui at livechurchcanton.org. Look forward to hearing from you. Hello, my friends. It's your friend Sam here. I'm the host for the Life Church Canton podcast. This is the 60th episode, everybody. If you've been here since the beginning, shout out to you. If you're just listening because of uh, you're locked in the house and you need podcasts to listen to, welcome. Uh, this is the third episode of our new show that we're calling Table Talk Thursdays. Uh, and if you're new to this, uh, this is also happening on Facebook Live every Thursday at noon. Um, Pastor Jared, Pastor Daniel, and Pastor Nathan get on Facebook Live and they answer questions um, that are submitted to, to Pastor Daniel. You can email them to him. Uh, his email is in the show notes below. Uh, so yeah, um, I hope that you are doing okay on day whatever it is of quarantine. I hope that you're finding things to do, finding some rest, um, and staying healthy most of all. So um, without further ado, here's episode three. Enjoy. Yo, welcome, 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 everybody. Welcome to fa- to uh, Table Talk Thursdays. That's right. Yeah, tongue twister there. Table That's Talk right. Thursdays. Welcome, everybody. Happy to have you. Delighted that you can join us. This is a wonderful opportunity for us to continue to be church, be family. I'm happy to see everyone. And so, as usual, uh, just a reminder that this is every Thursday for now at 12 noon, where we get the opportunity to connect together and talk about questions, questions of the sermon, uh, questions about life, questions about theology. All questions are welcome. And so, please turn in your questions by Wednesday evening. Uh, and you can ask any live questions that you have uh, online on Facebook, and we will try to get to those as soon as possible. Also, as a reminder, uh, every Tuesday, look out for uh, updates from Pastor Nathan um, on any and everything that's going on with the church. Uh, Pastor Nathan, anything you want to add there? Yeah, as we're uh, getting rolling, uh, it takes a while for people to get on and everything, but I, I, I put out a question about what your favorite breakfast cereal was uh, on Instagram. Um, your breakfast cereal can't be your hat, Jared. Um, that's not a thing. Um, <laughs> no, I was just responding to the comments. Oh, okay. Somebody really likes my hat and my, uh, my shirt. Yeah, is that more about that later? Speaking of which, um, we uh, had some incredible cereals come in. I can't read them all, but we got our new mics, uh, so I want to read some of them for you. These are the top ones, the top liked ones, uh, which is Cocoa Pebbles, Crispix, Cinnamon okay. Toast Crunch, Cocoa Krispies, and then uh, Special K with berries, Frosted Flakes, Frosted Mini Wheats. And then before I give you the top two, uh, two so far, which you can add yours below right now if, if you like any of those or which one's your favorite, I want to bring out one because uh, there's a certain wife of, of, um, of, of some of the people on this call right now who I, I believe is a cereal eating monster, uh, like a, a terrible, a terrible choice. Uh, it starts off okay as a mixture, right, with oatmeal squares, which those are delicious. Frosted mini wheats are uh, also delicious. T- together, I can kind of see that. But then, then she adds a packet of maple sugar instant oatmeal. Terrible. Terrible. Not cooked either. She Not cooked? Cook. Just throw it in there? Yep, just throws it in there. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, from the top two are Captain Crunch and Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms had the most vote, including Lucky Charms chocolate, which you can't get anymore. So if you have a, a, a vote there, you're thinking, what? How are those not on there? We had everything from grits, and which is not even the thing, to sugar smacks and raisin bran. Hey, brother. Hey, wait, wait, wait a minute, brother. Grits are a thing, grits are a thing brother. Shrimp and grits. No, no, no. Oh, oh, oh. Wait, oh. wait now. Grits wait, are wait not a, now, a breakfast. It's, it's not a breakfast cereal. Uh, uh, uh. Brother, Grits, it is brother, its own. We, it's its own category of amazingness. Don't get me wrong. Okay, Grits. I see how you try to clean it up there. Okay, I like, I like that. that. I like that. I'm not cleaning it up. I like that. To like put that. it in in the same realm as Cocoa Krispies is to do a disservice to grits my man. in my opinion my that's man. what i'm saying God, let me finish that's fine good that's baby. true love is patient that should have been patient <laughs> <laughs> let me uh, my, my, my <laughs> so put it patiently in your, kind yeah put any questions that you have in there or, or your favorite cereal um let us know if we missed out or we we did it wrong or you can even defend danny i don't know how you do that but go for it um tuesday we talked about a lot of stuff that's coming up and things i want to remind everybody of is table talk thursdays of course touch point tuesdays is when i go on around noon on facebook and youtube send it out and let you know what's happening and the things that are happening this coming week we're gonna have a wonderful service on sunday and then it starts res Resurrection Week. And Resurrection Week, we're going to have a Touchpoint Tuesday where I'll tell you everything again. And then at 4.45 on WMUZ, WMUZ The Light, uh, I'm going to be on talking about how churches are adapting to Easter. So you can tune in if you would like. That'll be a lot of fun. On Thursday, we'll have another Table Talk Thursday with the likes of you guys. It could be incredible. Friday, we're going to have a online Good Friday communion service with Pastor Daniel, and he just promised me he's going to be looking really good uh, for all of you. But if you want to do communion next Friday, then you're going to have some bread and some juice, a cup and that kind of thing, and be ready. Uh, then Pastor Daniel is going to take us through communion together. I know my family is going to be tuning in uh, to take communion online with you. And then Sunday at 9.30 a.m., we're going to have a special Easter service. It's going to be incredible. The plans for it are, are really great. Some things we can do and action steps. So that's kind of the, uh, a recap of what's going on. Um, and then if you want to know more, you can check out my video where I go into more depth. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Looking forward to all those great, great events. Uh, now for a little bit of a, I won't say somber, but a little bit of a reality check. Um, we know that we are in a unique season. Uh, and we are thankful that we continue to be the church, uh, not try to be the church, but actually be the church. And I'm super thankful to be here. But I also want us to remember to pray for our church body. Uh, remember to be praying for each other. Remember to be praying for those who are quarantined and waiting for results of their testing, not just sheltered in place like we are, but they are actually quarantined and waiting for test results. So let's remember to pray for them. Remember to pray for those who've lost their employment in this time and in this season. Um, pray for those people who are the at-risk population, those who are in the front lines, uh, the health professionals and the essential employees that are working to give us what we need and help people. Uh, pray for the elderly. 
pray for those with pre-existing conditions, uh, which just makes contracting this disease that much more worse and more terminal. So pray for those people and continue to reach out to each other, folks. I have been blessed to have people reach out to me, whether it's Laura asking me about groceries and uh, Chris Cooley checking in and Jeff Packer checking in and, and Rich checking in. Like, it's just been great uh, to just see brothers care for each other and, and, and sisters care for each other and even just people caring for each other. So I don't know if you guys have had some of that experience of just people reaching out, man. I think as pastors, sometimes the tendency is to assume that we don't need encouragement. And man, we need it. And we're thankful. And I'm thankful to be a beneficiary of caring for people um, in, in this process as a church. Any, any thoughts on that quickly? Yeah, I can share. Um, Go for it's it. been it's been good to just talk with people and and do a lot of listening. I think I talked about this in the very first uh, table talk Thursday that we did. Is just just listening to people. Um, oftentimes, they just need to get some stuff off their chest, and and so it's helpful to just be present. Um, think about how many times Jesus um, doesn't speak and and is listening to what's being thrown at him and. Uh, and he often responds with questions even. I mean, the, the first time he's in the temple, uh, he's seen as one who is asking questions. So I think it's good for us as followers of Jesus be asking people questions, asking how they're doing, listening to what they're saying, being present, being slow. Um, uh, but it, it has been a, a really good experience to learn how to communicate in different ways, whereas normally we're, we're able to rely on being um, close being less than six feet within uh, within the distance between us and so um, it's been good connecting with people in that way yeah i i you know people i agree with all the things that you just said jared but uh, i just you know people have reached out to me and i've been really grateful for that whether it's uh, someone who uh, made us fresh focaccia uh, with meatballs which was really 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 good or, or uh, I don't know how to say the dang thing. It oh, just I don't know what delicious. it is. I, I've never heard of it. It sounds good. We're going to get murdered on this. Is Fakasha? Fakosha? No, it's Fakasha. It's Fakasha. Fakosha? Yeah. Julia yeah. Odino, she's uh, Italian descent, and she could probably tell us, right? It's yeah. an Italian bread. Right. <laughs> So anyways, just people coming over, I, I've had a couple, uh, one gift card to Grubhub, um, you know, those kinds of things. Those are super helpful. But I think one of the things that I've uh, most appreciated were the emails or calls or texts that asked intentional questions, not just um, people who have really thought through what they're saying and, and what they're asking, uh, you know, reaching out and asking specific questions have been really helpful. So been feeling supported yeah, sure. in the midst of this, uh, as well as some of my mentors reaching out. Sweet, sweet. Very good. Very, very good. Well, let's, uh, let's pray real quick and just, uh, yeah. invite the Lord and he's always here. He's sovereign. And we just want to, um, observe that. Well, Father, we thank you so much for the grace to still be able to gather as a family. We thank you that uh, you allowed us to be born and raised and live and thrive in this era of life where we have the privilege of technology. And so, Father, we invite you even into this time. We pray it'll be a time of joy, a time of uplifting and encouraging each other. And we pray that your truth will flow even in levity. And we pray all of this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good. Sweet, 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 sweet. Well, I am excited, brothers, and we kind of started this already, but uh, how are we doing uh, family-wise and um, as we are sheltered in place? How's it going for you, brothers? 
Yeah, I can I can share just a couple things. Um, and uh, I should note also, this is going to be on a podcast later. So uh, for those of you who can't see, I'm wearing as much twins, Minnesota twins regalia as I can. Um, paraphernalia maybe is a better word. And I don't know why you're not even a Yankees fan, uh, Daniel. So for some reason, he has a Yankees shirt on. But uh, today they would have been playing the Oakland A's. I'm a baseball fan, so I'm missing baseball. I know some other sports fans are either watching or going to listen later. And and that's been uh, that's been hard for people. Really, that's a that's small compared to what we've already been talking about about the gravity of the situation and the grief, the fear, the anxiety that people are experiencing um, is far greater than uh, than than anything that sports could provide. But um, I just I, I think we as a family are doing okay. Uh, we are learning how to be a family in a different way. I think the hardest thing for me as a dad. Um, is balancing being a dad, being a teacher, being a chef, being a pastor all at the same time. And one of the things that I've mentioned as a pastor before is, and hearing stories about uh, pastor's kids and their experience growing up in a household where either their mom or dad or both of them were pastors um, and the effects that that has long-term on kids and their experience of faith and their experience of God in the church. Um, there, there's some there's stories of all kinds good and bad. And so, um, I've, I've been very aware of that and I want to be my most authentic self at all times with my kids and they're exposed to me at all times. And so I want to do my best to represent the, the person and heart and character of God specifically because I'm, I do it as a job as a pastor, mm. but I also want them to grow up in a, in a world where they're going to see other crises, um, as well later on. And I want to model well for what it looks like to respond to crises in a, uh, a very Jesus centered way uh, without getting so um, angered or anxious myself. And so that's, it's been challenging. It's been, it's been hard to do that well. Um, but overall, I would say uh, that we're, we're very grateful. We're grateful that we have food. We're grateful that we have a house that we're still employed, that we, um, we are together, that we're safe, that we're healthy. Um, and so, so that, that is a good perspective for us to keep. Yeah. I, um, Jared, I, I couldn't say it much better than that. One of the things that we've been, you know, week three in this situation, two or three, depending on when you start it, uh, we have some individuals at our house and it's been incredible. But what we've learned is we've had to be honest with our struggles, honest with our emotions and to have that place where that's possible. And we're finding too, that not everybody is used to that. Not everybody has that opportunity to be able to express it and be honest and not be, um, explained away or, or say like what, what you're feeling isn't real or what you're feeling, just get over it. Uh, we've been learning to sit in it um, and that authenticity of like, I'm feeling like I don't belong or I don't, I'm feeling really frustrated or unheard. And we have found that some of that experience, although hard and very difficult to work through, has opened up an opportunity for truth to be spoken. Um, I, we just used a church code in our own home. It's this idea of mm. you belong. Like it doesn't matter what you're struggling 
dealing with. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're hurting or if you feel like you're bringing people down or you don't know what to do or you're angry or whatever, you belong. And in family, true love is patiently kind and true love sees each other and loves each other no matter what. And so I think our vulnerability is actually going up and uh, what we're seeing is when God's a part of that conversation, the Holy Spirit bringing healing. And I don't think it's just healing over the circumstance we're in. I think it's healing, uh, deeper healing that's going to deeper parts of ourselves that without this crisis, without this situation, those issues wouldn't have come up. Um, so my family's working through it and uh, we're grateful that it's sunny outside and that we can mm -hmm. do uh, um, some more th things outside together as a family. Amen. And uh, thank God for sunshine. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's definitely been a, um, a unique season. Um, I think um, it's, it's unique in many ways um, of just um, as an introvert, not finding myself just care for family and play, spend time. And I think the biggest thing is my son. I'm just excited. It's um, tomorrow. Um, just taking time to just focus on him. It's yeah. like every, it seems like this whole week, this, this last couple of weeks has been, daddy, can I chill with you? Daddy, can I hang with you? Oh, okay. Later. I'm, 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 uh, I'm working on something. And then actually yesterday he says "Dad, you're always working. I'm like, ah, that's cute, but there's something beneath that. And so um, I want to make sure that I nurture that. So that's been the biggest thing. I think just, um, um, trying to spend time with family intentionally, um, but yeah, but I think there's 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 just a joy in knowing that I'm I'm going to plan for that and I'm going to be intentional about that. So I anticipate that. This, and in a season where there's so much uncertainty, it's good to be able to anticipate even in our shelter uh, things that are good. And so thankful for those things. And and brother Jerry, just want to be just want to let you know I, I'm not a Yankee fan or a New York fan, but see, N stands for New Life. And Y stands for you belong. And those are my favorite codes. That's that's what that was, brother. I just okay. I just I didn't I didn't know you weren't spiritual enough to see that. But yeah, <laughs> weak or, as water. Yeah, can I say I want to say one thing? Um I, yeah. I didn't get a chance to share this, but there's some people that have been ministering to me. Um and I just on what they're doing on social media. And we talk about all the negative stuff on social media on social, but but I want to mm. call out some people who are doing some good um first jesse allstead and becky ferraro and if i messed your name up i'm so sorry but they have been making uh with like I, like on their front um screen door or their glass door they've been making some amazing uh what looks like stained glass um pictures with it's mm. just incredible you could go figure that out and I, I love it and it says cross equals love and it looks like stained glass and my kids are excited to get doing that um so i know a lot of people are doing it i don't know where it started i don't know who did it thank you guys that ministered to my heart and my kids got a excited about that they used i i think like tissue paper and and a simple um, painter's tape and made of design and they even used paint and painted their door with it. it's just incredible it looks great well done ladies and then um tanika jones um i'll read a bit of what she said and then summarize but she says as we thought about our current situation i've realized how much i don't want things to go back to the way they were because we're all trying to go back to the way they were and then she starts listing these things and they really spoke to my heart so the next time i don't want things to go back the way they were because the next time i get to hug one of my friends i want to 
experience mm. and embrace that gift, that gift of being together, that gift of being in community, to be able to go out and eat and see people and find this new appreciation for it. And then um, she talked about a lot of incredible things, but she talked about the gift of when we get to be back together uh, as a mm. church, the gift of a congregation, the gift of seeing people lift their voices and their hands in worship. And Tanika, you, you ministered to me and um, keep doing good stuff. And then finally, uh, I, I've just been blown away by all of uh, the people volunteering and Life Kids uh, giving devotions every week. It's It's been incredible. So thank you guys. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. Praise report. Might have to create a little <laughs> section here called praise report. Awesome. That's good stuff. So Let's uh, get on into these questions. We've got a couple of questions teed up from last week. Um, and then we've got a few more submissions. And then we've got a, like a queue of questions. And we've got a fun idea for uh, next episode. Uh, well, fun, but important, uh, possible uh, for the next episode. And so we'll talk more about that. Stay tuned. So Lisa Wisher, and I hope I'm not killing your name, and, and the only reason I'm saying your name is because you put it on Facebook, which means that you're okay with me saying your name. But this is one of the questions from last week. Do you think it's hard for Christians to, yeah, do you think it's hard for Christians to admit fear sometimes? Now, she goes on and gives a good answer for this, but so it was a question and an answer, which we love. Um, and so she says, they may think. If they admit fear, it means that they that their faith isn't measuring up. And I think, she says, God longs to give us comfort and reassurance today that any parent would want to give their children. So I, I assume that that means that God would God wants to care for His children. Of course, He wants to comfort them. Um, so, do you think that Christians uh, is do you think it's hard for Christians to admit fear? Now, that's connected to our other question, uh, which was really the biggest question of that whole thing was. Is it okay for Christians to have fear? So I'm going to throw that out. Let's go for it. Is it okay for Christians to have fear? All right. It's like Pastor Nathan pointed to Jared. Oh, he did. Okay. That's what I saw. I I, That's what I'll I saw it. in the spirit. Um, I've heard this, I, and I, I have not double-checked myself, but um, somebody counted I guess that 365 times in the Bible it says do not fear or some form of that 365 days a year. So for every day we are reminded to not fear. Um, and so is it okay? I mean, sounds like no. Um, but if we have to be reminded of it every single day, then clearly God senses that we have a, a fear problem. We have a problem yeah, with buddy. fear. And so we need to be reminded of it. Uh, Jesus says, do not worry, which is just another form of that. Um, mm -hmm. And then he gives all the reasons why. What I think is even more interesting is um, it's one thing for me as a, an American white male uh, to hear the words, do not fear, do not worry. Um, but then I think about the context of the audience that Jesus is speaking to a very poor, oppressed uh, people who have every reason to be afraid, right? And and yet, even to them, he says, do not worry. And so, um, is it okay? No. Do we? Yeah, we absolutely do. Um, and then we, we are constantly, as followers of Jesus, we're continually in this dual tension 
of sinner and saint, I think is what Luther, Martin Luther referred to as a reformer. Simultaneously sinner and saint. Simo precator justus. Oh, I wondered how long it's been playing. So we got some Latin in there. Watch out. Um, (laughs) He's going to go out. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Daniel, I think I can't remember if we were in the Be the Bridge uh, on Tuesday night where we talked about the already not yet uh, concept yep, of the yep. kingdom is that, that that God in Jesus has already begun this work on the cross 2,000 years ago. And that has inaugurated in this new kingdom um, that you and I participate in, and yet it's not fully realized. It's yep. We're not fully experiencing it. And so, yeah. Uh, we shouldn't worry, but we do. And so we're constantly having to walk with the spirit, as Paul says um, in, in Ephesians, I think, and, um, and and be in step with the spirit and allow the spirit to continue to conform us more to the likeness of Jesus, where we're able to learn and grow through that. Amen. Amen. Well, well said, brother. So, yeah. Okay. No. Um, true. Um, and I love that, man. I mean, succinct. Yes, it's it, it's not okay, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. Pastor Nathan, what's your thoughts on that? What you thinking? Yeah, I think all of our emotions they um, they drive us to something deeper. Our emotions are triggers. Uh, well, yeah, they, they're triggers. They're, they they are triggered by something that's deeper inside. So I actually mm-hmm. appreciate fear. Um, and and Julie just asked, without fear, would we see the need for his power? <clears throat> And strength. I would say if in a perfect world, we wouldn't need fear to see power and strength. We would experience it every single day, but we're in a broken yeah. world. So fear allows us to understand that something inside of us doesn't, um, hasn't fully integrated the gospel into our lives. And what I mean that God is in control, that we are sons and daughters, that he has got us, that everything that the Bible says, fear shows us there's something to dig into. Um, and and I, I actually appreciate those emotions. Those emotions can help us. Now, when they become dominant, they can be an issue. And, and, um, and that's, I think, what God is calling us. Don't live in this fear. Um, I'm always mm. struck by how the angels show up. And whenever the angel shows up, he says, do not be afraid. So we can be even yeah. afraid yeah. of the glory of God. Mm. Yeah. So, so it is an emotion um, that helps us understand and lead us to our heart. If we have a place of community, we have a place that we can explore that. Um, I think in this time, what would be helpful to understand is that when fear shows up, most often in this circumstance that we find ourselves, it's an opportunity for, our, for us to renew, renew our hope in God, not in our control. So we think that we're in control. And this situation is showing us the reality, not the situation, but the reality of our everyday, that control is an illusion and that we're not in control. The, but the, the truth is, even though we aren't in control, someone is, and that's God. Mm-hmm. And so we are able to spend more time looking at God in the midst of our fears. So to sum it all up, should Christians be afraid? Um, I think the answer is, uh, is no, um, but the fear can drive us to a place of great health and growth where we couldn't see it before. So we might have some things that are broken, but without fear showing up because something's wrong, we would have continued to hold on to our control instead of turning to God and his control over our life and sovereignty. Sovereignty and and control over life doesn't mean that our circumstances change. It just means that Mm. our hope and faith is in him. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, no, I mean, I I definitely echo everything you brothers have said. Um, 
I think the question is very unique. Uh, how it's phrased, is it okay? It's sort of, do I have permission in a sense to fear? You know, worry, anxiety, angst, anguish, trem- tremor, uh, tremors and terrors and distress, all of that is synonymous, right? And, uh, you know, I was looking at this even when I was thinking about this question. It, it is somewhere around 400 or so different passages that says do not fear. Literally keeps on saying do not fear. And so it is commonplace. Uh, I do think there is a uniqueness too. And so I would love to know uh, if, if ever we get a chance. Uh, is it Raquel Gutierrez? I hope I didn't kill that name. But thanks for sharing that question. Is fear of what? That would be what I would be first curious about, right? Fear of what? Because if it's fear of circumstances, the Bible does say, you know, do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worry about today. God is sovereign. God takes care of the lilies in the valleys. God takes care of the birds in the air. He'll take care of you. So there is a sense of, no, a Christian who can experience fear, but who is fixing their minds on Christ uh, should not be experiencing fear in the moment about circumstances, uh, should not fear circumstances. And so, so that doesn't mean that you're, you're not a Christian if you're having fear. I have moments of anxiety. Um, I have had, had to sort of surrender that to God in areas of anxiety. So that's normal. So it's normal to fear. It's normal to experience fear. Uh, we are called to not be afraid of our circumstances. We are also called to not be afraid of people. To not fear people. Uh, you see that in Matthew 10, 28, where Jesus says, do not be afraid of those who can kill the body um, and cannot kill the soul, but rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both the body and the soul. Mm-hmm. So, so here you have this two, two sort of thoughts here. No, don't fear circumstances. Don't fear people. Fear God. And there is a sense of where, you know, it'll take us a whole episode to talk about fear and God. But even Paul says, uh, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And so if as a Christian, you are fearing circumstances and you're fearing people, it may, it, it shows a lack of reverence and fear for God who is above people. Does that make sense? And so I think that's, that's sort of where the yeah. text goes with that. But then, then there's also fear of judgment, fear of the judgment to come, which is one of the things that also propels us to be driven by new life. Yes, we're driven by new life because we love people, but we're also driven by new life because we know that God, would, God wants them to be in heaven. God desires for them to be with him in, a, in an eternal joy rather than eternally separated from him. And so there's a fear of the judgment to come. And it's very interesting that in 1 John chapter 4, that's where John writes about perfect love casting out all fears. But right before he does that, he says, man, if you don't have love for people, if you're not loving people, you should be afraid of the judgment to come because it's an indicator that perhaps God is not in you because God is love. And so there's a, a, a no fear of circumstances, no fearing of people, but fear God, fear the work of God, tremble, revere, see, have an awesomeness, which is what you were saying earlier, Pastor Nathan, about every time an angel shows up. It wasn't like, hey, how you doing, man? You handsome. No, it was like, it was tremors. It was trembled. There, there, there is a need to, to restore back the, the, the awesomeness of God, the yep. glory of God, the weight of who God is, the fear of God, but not in a way that propels you away from him, but in a way that all the more allows you to experience the joy of that awesome God wants me to come near. That's why I love Nehemiah chapter one, verse 11. It says that I want to delight in your fear. I want to delight in the awesomeness of God. And so, yes. So if, can a Christian, is it okay for a Christian to have fear? Fear of circumstances? No. 
fear of people? No. Fear of God, a reverence for God, a holy adoration of who God is. Yeah, it's 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 perfect to do that. And I'll end with this. I love this Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Here's what it says about the fullness of the purpose of human beings. Now all this has been heard. <clears throat> Hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments because this is the duty of all mankind. I love that. I love that. That, that everything that we do, uh, perhaps you love your brothers and sisters patiently, kindly, if you fear God. Perhaps love looks different when you fear and reverence God who has made them in his image. So I love that, man. I love. So it's okay for a Christian to fear God. uh, But when we fear our circumstances, we are actually going against the command of God that continues to tell us, don't fear, don't worry. So the the question, like Isaiah asks, is whose report are you going to believe? Whose voice will you hear? When you're afraid, will you hear the voice of your anxiety or will you hear the voice of the God who made you? So that's always good. But again, that could be unpacked in different ways. There's a mental health aspect to that, too, that I don't want to uh, uh, just sort of leave hanging in the air. Uh, There are true, real uh, chemical imbalances and mental imbalances that causes one to have anxiety. Um, You know, you've often heard it said that fear is false evidence appearing as real. Uh, that's a that's a that's a statement that I don't really uh, jive with too much because there's some real things that fear people that causes yeah, fear, and right. we have to make room to love and care for people in that way. Any any further thoughts on that, brothers? Daniel, can I offer one more thing? And and I know we've got yes. some other questions that we want to get to, but I think this is this is definitely a dominant thought, um, that's a prevailing thought that's out there. I, I want to give some tools to people, and you just started to talk about the mental health aspect Amen. of it. There's some phenomenal literature out there um, right now about mental health and God and faith and the brain and neuroscience and really nerdy, cool stuff uh, that I enjoy. But um, there's a book written by two uh, neuroscientists who don't necessarily profess to be Christian, although I think one of them uh, might be a devout Catholic, um, but talks about the science of understanding God and the effects of the brain, of the brain and the chemical reactions that happen. Uh, Nathan, you alluded to sort of the flight or flight mechanism a little bit, that there's some healthy fear. Like if a bear is running at me, I should probably run away. And the fear yeah, yeah. there is, is a good fear to experience. And, and so it should motivate me to respond in a particular way. Um, but one of the, the greatest uh, practices that I learned from one of those books, How God Changes Your Brain, is uh, the practice of meditation. Now, let me stop there because people freak out about that word thinking, well, that's some kind of Eastern weird mystical thing. But it's also important to remember that Jesus is an Eastern person, an ancient Near East person. And um, and so those kinds of practices are probably very much a part of who they were as the people of God. David talks about this, um, meditating on God's word. Um, and so what they found in this book, um, and then their, their research is that if you continue to meditate, even just for 10 minutes a day, you meditated on the character of God, his love, his grace, his justice, his mercy, um, that you can actually neurologically uh, change the effects of your brain and, and begin to have a greater sense of mindfulness and awareness and an others-focused um, kind of mentality and attitude versus a self-absorbed, self-centered, mm. fearful uh, perspective. And so there's so much more I could say about that book. 
Um, I'll put a link in it in the comments here in just a, um, a moment, but I'll, that was the final thought. That yeah, I no, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, what you're talking about is what's called neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. Um, and if folks ever get a chance, uh, I think Jared, you and I might share this nerdiness. <laughs> you're not alone. You are not alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have a song every, every podcast or something. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of, being able to rewire the brain. I think that's good. And I love what you said, brother, that uh, the problem is not meditation is what and who you're meditating on. Um, If you're sort of doing that Nirvana emptiness, emptying yourself and letting God knows what come in, that's different. But if you're meditating on the Lord, I mean, uh, what is it? Uh, Psalm one, meditating on the Lord's word day and night, and it makes you strong. You're like, a tree planted by the waterside. That's that's just beautiful poetry. Yeah, it goes on to truth. say there, Daniel, that it will bear its fruit, fruit in season mm. and in its season, mm. in its season, and as leaf does not wither, um, whatever mm-hmm. that person does prospers. So that that's a strong promise of God right there. And I, I think there's some fruit that's coming in, into season right now uh, for some people who believe in God. Um, one thing I'd yeah. love for you to dive into is our. Our life journey courses. We talk a lot mm. about neuroplasticity. We we've been talking about it kind of for years, um, and how that um, interacts with the Holy Spirit, and how it's not just something that as uh, humans we can learn how to work on our own brain, which we can, but how the Holy Spirit then becomes part of the process, which I alluded to in the the last sermon when I talked about forgiveness, and when we. Uh, burn our records of wrongs daily, the Holy Spirit gets involved Mm. and teaches our heart how to get rid of the deep things, not just the daily things, but the deep things. If you want to know more about this and how to connect to the Holy Spirit and maybe some really awesome practices that focus on God and what he's doing, then the advanced course is is right for you. Um, You can go to, to our now page and sign up for any of those courses that are being offered online right now and i could go on for days on that but i know we have some that's other good man no, that's good that's good this yeah that's, that's good practical no practical stuff. stuff yeah practical stuff i love that yeah let, well let's continue to do that and I, I think um don't underestimate the power of what it is to burn the record of wrong um mm. i think that imagery was good from an image perspective thanks for doing that brother but from a perspective of what that does to your psychology um, I think you do help rewire your brain in that way to say, no, I'm actually letting this go. In fact, you know what I used to do back in the days and, you know, don't, 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 don't laugh at me. I wasn't doing some kind of seance or anything like that, but whenever I would have something that was super troubling to me, I would pray over it, write it down on a piece of paper and I just burn it. And I was sort of symbolizing, I, there's no magical power in that folks. I, I'm not, I'm not telling you to do that. And, and I know you guys know I'm Nigerian, so you might be thinking I'm, I'm trying to teach you some voodoo here, folks. Come on now. Uh, but, but no, it's, it's, it's just there's a cathartic nature of that, of just releasing that yeah. uh, to the Lord. Cast your troubles uh, to the Lord. That, that's a sea term, casting it to the sea. Uh, and that's a good, good imagery there. So anyway, well, we've got another question. And this question, I don't know if we can do a service, but we're going to try. And this will be our final question, folks. And I'm sorry, I know you have more questions, which is good. I'd rather have you sending in questions than for us just having this conversation, drinking tea and just talking about life. Well, we could do that, too. So the last question is was submitted by one of our brothers. Uh, it was talking about a Florida pastor that uh, recently got arrested for hosting uh, a what's called a packed church service, not just a regular church service, but a packed church service. And the question is, what do you guys, us brothers, what do you think about this situation 
And how should the church respond to this situation? Mm. And I'll also share with you guys uh, an article from where I'm from, Maryland, where a bunch of pastors gathered together in a church. I won't name the name of the church. Um, and to actually create a sort of defiant front, if you will, to say that they are not going to not that's a double negative. They're not going to not have service uh, in defiance of the governor and uh, the government. Uh, so, uh, what's it called? I'll lightning round. Let's go. let's go for it. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Lightning hey, round. Can you go first? Because we were talking about this earlier and you had some great wisdom, I think. Oh, geez. Okay. Now I got to remember where I was at. <laughs> you on the spot, brother. This, right. this better be some great wisdom, brother. He, he set you up good. <laughs> Listen, first first disclaimer, and, and we're talking about national stories because this matters and people are talking about it, and um, it, it really does. But I, I want to be clear, we believe in the church as a whole, the church in every community, not just Life Church, but every church, that they have a, a specific voice. When I talked about our code series, we talked about the reason we needed a code is because we have a part in that harmony that that harmony of the gospel that's being sung over our city. So when we talk about other churches, we're talking about it not to judge them or what they're doing, but to talk about the deeper issues that it reveals because there are, uh, and this is an appropriate way for us to do that because we can have an interaction. So I want to say that first of all. Um, second, I, I, I'd say that, you know, what we have chosen to do as a church is to, to participate in what the government is trying to accomplish. The government is trying to accomplish through this uh, flattening the curve. And so we have decided to do that for the safety of the people around us, not out of fear, but to participate in the health and well-being of the community as a whole. And we're going to be a part of that. We're, we're going to do that. What, what happened here is uh, it became very clear was about uh, pushing back and saying the government is trying to control us. The government is trying to come down on us. Um, so I want to talk about that aspect of it first. And then I want to let us talk about the other sides of it, which the other side of it is, is uh, we're never going to get sick because we're Christians or we're going to be in defiance of it. But this Florida pastor, um, specifically went after this one issue. So I want to talk about that and leave you guys to the rest. Um, but he, he, he did it as a way of standing up against the government saying, you can't tell us what to do. And, and in some ways, uh, I, I, I can understand what they're going for there. I can, I, I can understand why maybe he thought that way, or, but I don't understand why he took it to that level. Um, I think there was ways for them to jump into the creativity of church online to push that forward, to take all the, the, um, the practice that we could do and put them into practice. I'll talk about that in just a second. But first, he said something after he got arrested. He said, I got arrested because I stood up for the Constitution of the United States. That's not why he did it in the first place, but that's what he's saying now. He said, to be honest with you, I actually feel like I became an American on Monday and paid the price. Um, for me, you've now taken it to the place where you are more having a conversation about the Constitution than you are having a conversation about Christ. And, and <laughs> I, I think you've taken it to this place where now I'm going to make this a political protest a political protest um, about it and about our rights as Christians, and I want to be a good American. When in reality, I'm always asking the question, how can I be a good 
Christian and, and how can I be a good Christ follower? How can I elevate and glorify God? And, and um, this is a nuanced conversation and I'm not trying to bring judgment on him in any way. I'm just taking his words and what he has said. And, and there's more to it than that. But I, I think we need to be realize, we need to realize that the church's um, call is not to be the dominant force, political force in community. In fact, for most of history, we've been the one that's persecuted. And so for us to stand up for our rights can look a lot different. Um, there's that one piece. The second is I'm really excited about the idea to take this crisis and it allows us to move forward with our digital reach. The, uh, Anton, um, he's one of our um, uh, elders in the church. And the very first Sunday that we did this, he, after it was all done, he said, in the midst of this crisis, I'm gonna butcher it, but this is his basic thought. In the midst of this crisis, the gospel has never been proclaimed more in the digital sphere than ever before. That on, on this day, something shifted in the very uh, fabric of the church. And I, I'm excited about the opportunity to dive into that. And that's a side note. But I think when you have these restrictions, it's an opportunity to see how Christ and the church can move forward, not uh, a place to be afraid that our rights are being taken away. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Exactly. I'll um, I'll share a couple thoughts. I I see Wanda Faye Bryant um, in the comment section said like worshiping God can be put in a box mm -hmm. or a building. <laughs> and the other, I think that's wisdom there too. Just to recognize what a wink. That the, what's that? She and she put a wink. Is that what that is? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it was. <laughs> like, right. you're like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I appreciate her wisdom there because um. I think there's a positive outlook to say, okay, so whatever restrictions come our way, um, we're, we're going to go above and beyond that and continue to trust that God's going to use us in new and creative ways. And so I think she's spot on there. I think um, one of the things that comes to my mind, and this is somewhat related to what we were talking about with fear and mental health and you know, balancing faith and science, because the two are not um, diametrically opposed to one another. They work, they can work hand in hand, right? Um, and I think about the, the ancients, um, the people of God in exile in Babylon and what Jeremiah says to them on behalf of God. Um, one of the verses that maybe most of, of us all are familiar with is, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And then he goes on to talk about um, prosperity and, and plans to succeed. And, and, um, but what we don't often remember is what takes place before that. And mm -hmm. Jeremiah says, you're going to be in exile for seven years. You're going to be in this place right. for a long time. I'm not saying we're going to be in uh, shelter in place for 70 years. God, I hope not. Um, but what Jeremiah says to the people while they're in exile, while they're in Babylon, chapter 29, verse 7, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. And so... I just, I never want to be, as a church or as a pastor, I never want to be in opposing forces with my community. And um, just because they're secular, because they're, they're not a faith-based institution or organization, I want to figure out how can God empower me and God's spirit within me, allow me to work for peace um, within my community and partner with them and uh, local communities, local governments, state governments, federal governments, how can I come alongside um, in a way that doesn't compromise my faith necessarily? And like Wanda said, 
my faith isn't relegated to a building. Um, how, how can I do that? Well, and that requires some discernment and wisdom, as she also says in a, in a later comment. Um, so that's, that's just one thing I, I think through. And I, I, I'm glad that we've made this decision and, uh, for, for Life Church at least. And I appreciate how our team has has worked creatively and innovatively to to continue to be the church and to advance God's kingdom, um, regardless of what the restrictions are. Can I make one comment and then I want to hear from Daniel real quick? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think one of the things that you may have heard me say, and maybe you haven't, is um, is that as a church, we're not going to be unintentionally um, offensive to people. Offensive. Offensive. We're going to be intentionally offensive. And what I mean by that is this. There are certain things that we're going to do as a church uh, that are offensive. The gospel itself is offensive. As well as there are things that we will stand up for um, and that we'll stand on. And I think that that's important for us. I, I can think of how the church, if they had not been um, that way, that we wouldn't be where we're at with um, rights uh, and, and where we're at with our, our racial conversation. And so there will be things that we do stand up for, but we'll do it intentionally and we'll do it in a way that um, is clear and invites conversation and relationship. So I don't, I don't want anyone to think that, oh, we're just going to always do what the government tells us to do um, because I think there are things that it is our job um, to speak up for and to do it in a wise way, an intentional way, with love and kindness, but with boldness. And so I, I, I want to be clear on that just in case. I think you did a great job, Jared. I'm not saying that. I just want to make sure that we understand we are the church in exile, but there is at times when we must stand. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, um, that's so much... Um, I'm not necessarily adding anything new, but there's so much that I want to say because there's a uniqueness to this pastor's statements, even from a cultural perspective of what he is considering to be um, struggles or challenges or oppression, uh, uh, especially when you have other people who are experiencing oppression on a daily basis. Um, I think it's also interesting that a pastor would would fight and die for the Constitution and use that as their sort of um, I don't know, their bully pulpit versus the Bible. Um, I think there's just a lot to say because it also goes to the heart of what's the purpose of the church? Um, what is our purpose? Is it political? Um, it's also, it also asks another question that I'm sure we'll get to at some point is what's the role of the church in politics? You, you alluded to this, uh, both of you brothers, and I think we, we will unpack that at some point. Um, but I think two verses and two chapters that I want to leave us with that I, I was hoping to be able to read through, but we are running out of time and want to be faithful to that, um, is First Peter chapter 2, verse 13 through 15. Essentially, Peter is saying um, that we are called to obey the authorities uh, that God has placed over us, uh, specifically speaking of kings, governments, and hesitates. And that's balanced also with Acts chapter 4, which um, Pastor Nathan, uh, in a sense, was alluding to of being able to stand for the things of God, Peter and John speak of the fact that even if it means dying, we're going to stand for the gospel. Um, and so you have this balance um, that's, that's going on in the Bible. I would implore all God's people everywhere, 
to practice a systematic contextual approach of reading the Bible. And what do I mean by that? Don't just take one verse and run with it, but but be reading through all of Scripture to see the the overall theme of Scripture. Um, and also read it in context, like uh, I, <laughs> Jeremiah 29, brother. I, that gets quoted by everybody. It's and then you say, mug. It's every but mug. what happened before... <laughs> and what happened next. Uh, so he's got plans for you, but some of y'all that are hearing this plans ain't going to see the plan come to fruition. 70 years is a long time, brother. I don't plan to be here for 70 years. So anyway, so I think contextualization is very important. So 70 I think more years, Daniel. 70 more years, Daniel. Listen, bless God. Amen. And I, I'm, I'm not going to say this because my wife might be living, uh, listening, but she knows that, you know, I've, I've always uh, expected that the Lord would take me sooner than later, but hey, <laughs> not to be morbid, bless God. Um, anyway, so so that's good. That's a good question. Well, we've got a few more questions. Uh, one of the questions, and I just want to do it justice by just, just naming the question is about baptism, about celebrating new life. Uh, one of our wonderful people want to know, what do we do for those who've already been baptized and are experiencing new life in a new way? Do we celebrate them? So we'll talk about that at, at next week. Um, and we have a few more questions. And we are also hoping in, the, in a few weeks or so to have an episode devoted to grief and depression. That's right. Um, to sort of have that conversation, we might even have a special guest. So continue to uh, send your comments in and comment live. You may be one of the lucky guests that we bring on in to this uh, Table Talk Thursdays. And also we have quite a few more questions that we want to talk about. And we sort of alluded to this about just does your Christianity make you immune to diseases? <laughs> that's an interesting mm-hmm. one to talk about. So we'll, that's all coming down the pike, folks. Continue to send your questions. In. Also, if there's anyone who feels so led by God's spirit to assist in uh, collating these comments as they come so we don't miss anything, uh, man, reach out to me, please, and let me know. I would really love your help in that because that'd be great so we can do justice to these questions that are being asked. And so I'm thankful for that. Um, I'm thankful for you brothers that we're able to do this and have church together. Um, Any final thoughts? Yes, no? I I was just thinking through uh, some of the questions that were coming through. I'm anxious to get to them because there's been some, uh, Mm -hmm. a couple questions in relation to um, Christians and how we relate to non-Christians. There's been a, a bit of a theme there. And so I'm excited to get to some of those next week, but um, I just want, I want everybody to be encouraged, um, uh, be hopeful, um, keep praying, uh, keep, uh, you mentioned first Peter, Daniel, and I, I think of the verse of um, always be prepared to share the hope that you have. Yeah. And um, our, our circumstances are changed in such a way that we don't interact with as much people as maybe we used to, but, find ways even here on Facebook or um, any social media platform to share hope, to be people of hope and um, to do whatever it looks like to do that, whether it's putting artwork on your front door or your window um, to the comments that you leave on, on Facebook, um, be the presence of hope and light in yeah. the midst of this dark time. Cool. Yeah, I- Pastor Nathan, any passing words? Yeah, the, the way I remember is, am I speaking life or am I speaking death? And speaking life is, is so crucial. I think that's what Jared's saying. Um, I think also you may not understand that the ground is more fertile than ever before. 
or I, I should say actually that the harvest is ripe that mm-hmm. there is uh, uh, a the ground has shifted beneath us and now there's fruit um, there are people who are ready to hear like they have never been before they are ready to experience like they have never been before sharing this on Facebook and all around is super important um, but I want and call everybody out if I could to one thing to um, inviting people to Easter to inviting them to join us to the Easter gathering. They could do it live or later. Obviously, live is better, but I, I can't encourage you enough. They're ready to hear this. I'm having conversation after conversation of people who are ready to talk about God in a way they have never been before. You have more agency to affect people's salvation than ever before right now. And so if I could, I would just I would just ask you to feel empowered, to be empowered. That's what I've been praying for you. Uh, this isn't about how many people show up on Easter, although those are fun things to experience. And I hope we have, you know, 800, 900 people watching. That would be great. But really what's so important is that people are ready to hear and their lives are on the line for some of them and that you can speak life to them and encourage them to take steps to share with them, um, to see God move. I, I am just overjoyed that the church uh, that we serve is ready and willing and able and is moving. And I just want everybody to join on that, to see what God, I, I made a joke, um, I think uh, about Corona babies, at the, <laughs> about how we're all inside a lot. So now we might be having some Corona babies. Well, we, maybe we'll have some Corona, uh, Corona babies in Christ. Like <laughs> there's some people who hey, because hey. of this know Jesus hey. and you could be Amen. the one who leads them there. And, and we make light of that, but it, man, I, I'm telling you, don't miss the opportunity. The, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Be one of those few workers who are going out and, and just talking to people and telling them your story. Sweet, sweet, cool. Well, listen, folks, uh, it's been a great time uh, hanging out with you, hanging out, uh, talking about these questions, continue to bring them in. Uh, love, We love you guys. And I just want to leave you with uh, the passages that Pastor Jared quoted. Um, I think it's very appropriate in many ways. And that's first Peter chapter three, verse 15, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, meaning to set him apart that he's primary and he's important to set Christ apart in your life. Always be ready to give a reason to anyone who give, who ask for the hope that you have yet do it with gentleness and reverence. And that's that's our life verse for today, if you will. Well, it's been a pleasure, folks. Brothers, you guys have a great day. Stay warm, stay cool, or stay cold, whatever it is. The sun is out. See, that's what that's I don't know about day. Michigan, man. The sun's out. It looks nice, but then you walk out, it's like 30 below. I don't know what's going on, Michigan. It's going to be 60 adjusting. degrees. What's wrong with you, Daniel? It's going to be 60 I hope degrees. so. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Sweet, because things don't look like they seem. <laughs> Bless you, brothers. Yeah, See you guys very, very soon. Sounds okay, good. Bye-bye.